0: Hello, everyone. This is Ron Bush with Ron Bush Consulting, and you're listening to the Information Playground. Uh, we come to you weekly on um, WVLP. That's a, an FM radio station in Valparaiso, Indiana. It's a great community radio station. I've been with them for years now, and uh, I hope that, uh, that you catch the Information Playground there. We're broadcast on Monday mornings from 8 to 9 and from, uh, on Friday afternoons from 1 to 2. Uh, they rebroadcast the Monday program, of course. Uh, they, uh, I hope that you if, you, if you're not there, if you're not local at 103.1 FM in Valparaiso, catch them on the, on the internet. You can stream them at WVLP, that's W like William, V like Victor, L like Lawrence, P like Paul.org. And just uh, stream us, take a look at the website. If you'd like to get involved and give back to the community, it's a great way to do it. Uh, You can underwrite this program or any of the other fine programs that are on WVLP. You can also catch us on demand under the Information Playground. That's the name of the radio program, but also our podcast and YouTube channels. Um, Any podcast platform that I'm familiar with, you can find the Information Playground on um, and we go back several years with the, uh, with the programs. YouTube's a little newer, but you can uh, find all the, the last couple of years on there, uh, the Information Playground. And it seems to be a pretty common name. So remember all three words, the Information Playground. Uh, so uh, you'll find us there. Um, with that, uh, we've got a great guest today. It's a good friend, uh, Sean Richards is with us and we're gonna be talking about leadership. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Ron. How are you doing? I am great, thank you. And uh, and how about yourself? We're uh, I don't know if we're in the midst of this pandemic or coming up on the end, but I, I hope it's almost over. Every everything going well for you?
1: Yes, thank you for asking. We are. You're right. I I, I share the optimism that uh, here in a few short months, if uh, you know, maybe maybe the end of this year, calendar year of 21. Maybe we'll see a, a relative
0: end to the pandemic and can kind of get back to the way we like to do things. So oh, wouldn't that be great? That'd be great. So tell the folks a little bit, your company name and, and what you do, how you got started. Sure. I am the founder and
1: CEO of a company called Blue Sky Business Consulting, <clears throat> excuse me, and we are a leadership development and team and employee engagement strategy company. And we help leaders, especially, learn how to develop really strong leadership qualities within themselves and how to lead teams and boost engagement for each employee and the team as a whole. And it is something that I've been passionate about for a a number of years without even realizing I was passionate about it. It was just always kind of in there deep, you know, and then a few years ago said, you know what, I think I want to do this full time. And so it has been an absolute thrill to be able to get involved with teams and I, I always uh, kind of comment, you know, this feeling Ron, but uh, when you see light bulbs go on in people and they go, oh yeah, okay, I just, I love that experience. And so it has been a real joy for me to be able to, to do this for the last little while and share with others what I've learned as well as some of the more current ways of, of leading teams and
0: helping teams and being more productive in the workplace. Excellent. Well, I'm always glad when you're on the program, you've been with us before and uh, I'm looking forward We've talked about uh, off-air, we've talked about the uh, title for this, Six Attributes of Confident Leaders. I, uh, that's a great title. Let's, let's go ahead and get started. Well, that sounds great. You know, I, I appreciate, again, the opportunity to come join you,
1: and I always enjoy our conversations, whether they're recorded or not, so thank you for the opportunity. You know, it's, it is an interesting title, and the reason why is because a lot of people will talk about leadership. And they'll kind of ask a common question, what makes a great leader? And there's a lot of different answers, a lot of different attributes about what makes a great leader. But there's a key difference, and that's why I changed that one word. What makes a confident leader? What is confidence? What does it really mean to be confident? And we can, we can get a lot of misunderstandings when we start talking about confidence or other different things because we sometimes, everybody has a slightly different definition. Some people will look at it as egotistical or arrogant, but certainly there's a a level of confidence that leaders need to have in order to lead, and so that led me on a journey quite quite a number of months ago to do not some heavy, deep research, but just enough to kind of say, what are some common attributes or characteristics that leaders who present themselves as confident what are those? And there's a lot, you know, I've kind of narrowed it down to six that we can talk about today, but uh, certainly it is something that uh, it's, it's worthy of of individual pursuit, but there are six that I think are are really meaningful that are beneficial for all leaders. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, the six, and I'll just very quickly introduce all of them and then we can kind of talk about one-on-one if that uh, works. Okay. That's great. I'm going to take notes. All right. Sounds good. But the six core attributes, a confident leader is positive empathetic interesting generous curious and resilient and so now we have the uh, the fun part of going through and, and kind of pulling this apart on uh what all of these words mean and what they look like in a leadership capacity and so when we talk about a leader being positive that's the first one that i listed because i feel like that's an overarching responsibility for leaders to always be positive. And when we talk about positive, the word that I tend to kind of lean towards is optimistic, as opposed to certain. Sometimes leaders feel like they have to know all the answers. They have to be able to do everything. And to some extent, that's, that's true. You do need to have a certain level of aptitude, of course, to be able to do your job and to help others do their job. But in this particular context, we're also referring to it more as an optimistic approach. So, of course, I have people ask once in a while, well, why don't you use use the word optimistic? Why not be optimistic? Why positive? I'll I'll get to that in just a second. But really, part of it is is the optimism. So we'll start there, and then we'll kind of talk about the other definition. And uh, as always, I'm anxious to hear your feedback. But when we talk about positive, we talk about optimism, and we've experienced this these last 12 months, Um, you get into a crisis situation, people need some reassurance. They need to feel like, hey, even if we don't know all the answers, we're going to figure them out. And there's a sense of optimism about moving forward and how we do that. We'll talk about this probably towards uh, the end when we talk about resilience. And I probably should take a quick uh, pause and just remind everybody that these these all intersect. These are not individual attributes, but they all intersect. You're going to see a lot of overlap. But uh, there are ways of helping us kind of at least put some definitions to it. But um, optimism is a, is a tricky one, because sometimes we ourselves as leaders get a little bit tripped up. And I, I don't know if you've ever run into a situation, Ron, where it's, it's tough to be optimistic, but I know that, that I have. Have you ever run into that?
0: I, I, quite often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you remember, I'm in cybersecurity, uh, and True. so I look at the bad stuff all day long. It, what i try to do to explain to people is i'm really one of the most positive people that you'll ever meet the difference is that i I, i'm honesty you've got to admit that there are problems you've got to recognize what they are identify them but you've got to plan for the worst because you don't know all of it and so you plan for the worst i always hope for the best Mm -hmm. wherever i'm at i'm trusting things will come together i figure like you just said, we're gonna figure it out. Maybe nothing will go the way we've planned. That doesn't mean we don't plan. It means we plan to the Mm -hmm. best of our ability. And now we've got a track to run on and we can deal with what comes. So positive, um, I agree with you. I also struggle with positive. um, You know, there's there's always the the other side of the coin. There are folks that they're so self-confident that they border on arrogant. Yeah. And that's not what you're talking about at all.
1: No, Uh, no. In fact, that's, uh, that's the exact opposite. A confident leader needs to know that the answers can be found, but not only do they not have to feel that pressure to have all the answers, but also to not exude the idea that they are the only one who has the answer that through discussion within a team, that is right there. That is a show of confidence or positivity in their teammates to be able to say, hey, let's work together and let's figure this out together because everybody has ideas. And, you know, the, the, really the job of the leader is to, to kind of guide the discussion, facilitate that and nurture that and then and then make a final decision as, if that's uh, granted to him or her to, to do that. But, but that's really what it, why, why positivity is, is sometimes misunderstood and even optimism. And, you know, you talked about sometimes people... Um, You know, we kind of get into those those challenging situations. We don't want to turn it into a a Pollyanna type approach where we're just always so rosy. We do need to acknowledge that there are some challenges. But alongside that, it's important to always be putting that best foot forward, looking for the silver lining and saying, "Okay, keep people upbeat. And that's hard because we're all people and the leader, uh, him or herself, is also in a position where sometimes they're feeling a little bit uh, less than excited about what's going on and uh, it can be a challenge and so but positivity and this kind of goes uh, into the the next definition part of the reason why i prefer to use the word positive and positivity as opposed to optimistic is because you also when you're when you're working with other people especially your teammates and we kind of touched on this briefly is to encourage positivity with each other and to look to each other in positive ways to not always be looking at the negative being careful at the words we use, the attitude, the tone, but also just at the people looking at what each person has to offer, what kind of strengths they have, how they contribute to the team. And really uh, part of the reason why, you know, confidence can sometimes be a challenge is because that requires a measure of humility in the leader to say, well, I see some good things in this person and even be willing to say, you know, Ron here is a lot better at cybersecurity than I am, and even though I may in theory be his, and this is obviously a, a, a hypothetical situation, <laughs> just so your listeners know, I have no way uh, I'm a supervisor <laughs> over Ron, but, uh, but it's, it's knowing that, hey, Ron on my team is an expert in this area, and he's far better at, at this, whatever it is, cybersecurity in this example, than I am. And that doesn't mean that you don't have your own abilities as a leader. It just simply means that you recognize the different ways that your teammates can contribute and where they especially have strengths and have some, some good things to say and to offer and can help with the problem solving. And all of that contributes to a positive environment. And that's why I prefer to use the word that uh, confident leaders are positive
0: leaders or they lead with positivity. Yeah. Yeah, you know, in all my years, Prior to, to starting my own business, uh, well, what seems like a long time ago now, I've worked for a lot of people. And I can tell you that of all the bosses, the supervisors, the managers, the, the owners of other companies, the CEOs and, and presidents that I've worked for, I've only had two that I really considered mm. leaders and good leaders. Um, those two people... They both happen to be male, but it it isn't a gender thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Leadership doesn't only fall on men. Just in my experience, it was two men. Both of them recognize the value of other people. Both of them look to get to know their people, find out what was important to them, and then draw on what their strengths were. The old old, uh, uh, attitude or, or philosophy used to be to, to concentrate on your weaknesses and build those up. And then a few years ago, maybe a decade now, it's been quite a while, a book came out uh, that said first break all the rules. And so yes. part of that was was uh, actually instead of concentrating on your weaknesses, concentrate on your strengths and build those up, make those better. Those two leaders had the ability to do that and they had the, they had the wisdom to do that. And so they drew out and I felt you know, I felt they made me better. Yeah. Now, did I make them look better? Yeah, because they were using my strengths to, to improve the, the situation, whatever they were doing. But I didn't care. Both of us benefited from the relationship and that's how they treated every one of their employees. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I love what you're saying, that's, I couldn't agree more. Those guys exemplified. Yeah, I, I, you, you've hit on a passion of mine within leadership development, which is strengths development. Mm
1: -hmm. And I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach, and they have an assessment that does that very thing and helps to identify exactly where strengths are. So if, if listeners have not had the opportunity to take that assessment or something that will help you identify strengths so that you know where it is that you're really good at, I would strongly encourage that because that is something that helps all of us in our personal development, our work relationships, and certainly for leaders, leadership development, to understand what your strengths are and to understand what others around you are because that's that's an important part of interpersonal relationships. So yeah, I think that's great.
0: I didn't realize you did that. Let's, uh, you know, I usually do this at the halfway point, but, but let's stop for just a moment. If folks have questions for you, <laughs> starting here, um, if folks have questions for you or want to contact you for whatever reason, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Sure. You can go to blueskybizconsulting.com, and that's all the words are spelled as they normally would be except for biz, B-I-Z, so blueskybiz, B-I-Z, consulting.com, and you can email me directly at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at blueskybizconsulting, so I'd be more than happy to offer, I always offer a free consultation and just to provide some direction, answer questions if people
0: want, so more than happy to help out wherever I can. That's great. That's great. So, um, so going to have to watch our time now. We've only done one attribute. <laughs> so,
1: right. We can get deep. Well, let's go on to the next one then. Now, empathy, empathy a, a confident leader is empathetic. And especially in today's day and age, and these are attributes that are timeless, but especially recently, there has been a, a tremendous need to be far more empathetic as leaders and i'm going to read a quick definition that i found on the internet of what empathy really is it's the vicarious experiencing of the feelings thoughts or attitudes of another and that very first word vicarious is really important we're not going through it but we want to try and put ourselves in the situation as best we can of what they're doing it and or how they're experiencing it and so certainly in this pandemic situation leaders have had a, a really urgent need to understand the needs of their teammates, of their people that they lead, what are they going through, how's home life if you're having to work from home. Some of them may have small children that they're trying to deal with. Some may be concerned about their jobs. Some may have spouses that are losing their jobs even though theirs may be intact. And so increasing that level of awareness of the people around, especially as a leader is so critical. And again, we, we can spend a lot of time on any one of these, but just uh, you know very quickly, a couple of, of things that um, are important. I just am a big, big fan of listening, and leaders always need to be listening and asking good questions, and we'll kind of talk a little bit more about asking good questions in just a minute, but but some of the benefits that sometimes we don't always think about on why empathy is so important. First of all, you, you just have that connection that just improves the connection and increase the trust between employees and the employer or the team leader and the team members. And when you have that, it creates an environment where you have, first of all, really good culture. You have a great bond within the, the group. And that allows for more open ideas because you've established that trust. You can innovate is the word. You can innovate a lot more. You can problem solve a lot better. So having that caring attitude is really important as a leader. That doesn't mean you have to get involved in all of the details of their lives, but you do need to show a measure of concern and interest. And we'll talk about interest here in just another minute. But, but being empathetic is is really, for some, it's kind of a warm, fuzzy word, but boy, it, when uh, when the chips are down, that's that's critical because we are human beings. And regardless of whether it's a global pandemic whether it's industry specific, whether it's company specific, whether it's employee specific, maybe there's something going on in that person's life that's affecting their work. Long gone are the days where we used to kind of be these nine to five robots where we come, we'd leave our personal things at the door, come in, we work for eight, you know, eight, nine hours, whatever it is, and then go home and we don't worry about work anymore. We just have the home stuff and we don't, that doesn't happen anymore. That right. just, it just doesn't. And so empathy is something that can mean a lot at the right time to the right person, the employee, if they're going through something, that uh, that can really make a big difference. And I, I don't know if, if you've ever had that. It sounds like with some of the leaders that you've run into, or I shouldn't say run into, but worked with, mm-hmm. that um, my guess is that they've shown a measure of, of empathy to you. And I'm sure you have with people that you've worked with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. I think that especially at this time, but honestly, at any time, all of us right. need to realize that everybody's dealing with something. Right. We may think people lead charmed lives or we may not think about them at all, but nobody does. Everybody right. lives in the real world. And and so I don't care who you are, You've all got. we've all got baggage from life, childhood or whatever. We've all got relationships and not, not all of them are perfect all the time. Maybe none of them are perfect all the time. In fact, maybe none of them are perfect at any time. <laughs> right? Uh, and so we things happen to us, health, uh, financial. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunity for things to go wrong. Everybody's dealing with something. So you've got to keep that in mind. The people that work for you, the people you work with, and the people you work for. I mean, it goes every direction as well as everybody in your personal life.
1: Yeah, and as a leader... It is so critical to be able to show that empathy at the right time and in the right situation, and really have it be a part of who you are, not just some. Uh, that's why we call it an attribute. We don't want it to sound like a tool that you use at the at the right time. It needs to be a, a part of who you are. It doesn't need to be the whole of you. Some people will have more of that, but it's it's being aware enough and empathetic enough that in the moment you can kind of pull that out of yourself. And use that to to help in a situation where it m- it might mm-hmm. be really critical, especially in, in today's age. And we don't need to get off into the mental health part of, of things, but mm-hmm. that factors in that factors in as well. Well, I'll move along to the next one here. The uh, the 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 third one is is kind of a if you'll pardon the the double use of the word interesting. The third one is be interesting, yeah. and there is a, a uh, I believe she's a TEDx speaker. Her name is Sam Horn. And she has a presentation called Be Intriguing. And I highly, highly recommend that. If if anyone would like to go, I I believe it's just on YouTube, but I I may be mistaken on that. That's where I saw it. Um, It was, uh, the name of it is Be Intriguing. And the reason why it's so interesting is she teaches people how to communicate in a way that's intriguing. Just to simply offer something about yourself that intrigues the other person. I thought about titling this intriguing about this attribute, but there's a reason why I changed it to interesting. You want to be interesting. So part of it is, yes, to kind of learn how to communicate about yourself and be able to share ideas with other people and to be interesting. But the reason why I wanted to uh, change it to interesting is I think that that last little part there should also be modified, be interested and be interested in the people around you. As a leader, you need to be interested in what's going on. You need to be interested in the people. we talked about it from a standpoint of empathy, but just even when things are going fine and dandy, it's important to be interested in what's going on, to be interested in others, and to learn how to really effectively communicate with them, not to them or just from them. And again, we could spend a lot of time on this but uh, showing that you're interested there's everything from eye contact and other uh, nonverbal cues that sometimes the person will give you on how you can show that you're really being being interested, that you are interested in what they're saying, Um, asking follow-up questions. There's a lot of techniques, but learning how to do that as a leader is so important because you are a leader with your team and you're also an advocate for your team. If you're going to be talking to your supervisors It's important that you be able to represent your team. And that's a good time to be interesting, but Mm -hmm. also express interest in the other people around you and the people that you report to. So being interesting, and you can can use the word intriguing and and, uh, interchange that a little bit, but um, being an interesting person is to me a a good attribute to develop. It It takes time. And that's part of the reason why I've enjoyed coming back to your show, Ron, because I find you interesting. I'd love <laughs> to hear your background and your story. You've got a wealth of experience and knowledge. And we, we've talked about this a couple of times, but you and I just have a good time. Even when we're not on the recording here, we have a good conversation. And that's, that's a good example. You're a good example of being interesting and also being interested. You're always so kind to ask how I'm doing and to, to show that interest. And that's such a key component of leadership. So I, what comments do you have to, to add or, or refute or anything else?
0: Uh, you know, it just, I was thinking, you know, of different instances. Uh, I think we've all probably experienced this. You know, people have, uh, are taught in leadership classes or management classes or any other kind of class where you're, you're in that type of, of a position to ask questions. I think of, uh, there's a good book came out, I think last year called Questions Are the Answer drives the point home well Uh, but I think back to Tommy Hopkins uh, I was first getting into selling and I'd never I was may not believe this but I'm truly an an introvert I mean you wouldn't know it because I've lived outside my comfort level or comfort zone so long but uh, but 30 years ago I read that book uh, how to master the art of selling anything and Hopkins in that book stresses you lead people with questions well people take that and I don't know if, if you've had it happen, but I've had it happen several times. You meet somebody new and it feels like uh, you're, you got the spotlight on you and they're, they're you know, it's the inquisition. Uh, it's question bombardment time where it's this, 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 this. And, and pretty, I, you know, I don't take that very well, very long. Um, pretty soon I'm, I'm ratcheting back and firing back questions to them and we just, Uh, either that or i find a way to go somewhere else (laughs) right like like a a networking uh uh event or something um that's not what you're talking about at all it's the being really interested so ask an open-ended question now it's hard it's it's easy when you truly find people interesting you know we're we're all flesh and blood we're all the same i i remember growing up uh there was a, a book that I read put out by the state uh, that I, I was born in that said there's only one race, the human race. We're mm. all human beings. We all have flesh, you know, feelings and emotions and all that stuff. Right. I, I find everybody fascinating and interesting. Uh, some are easier to talk to than others, but, but everybody is. Yeah. That's entirely different from the, oh, let's see, a check mark. I got to ask him this, got to ask him that, got to. I mean, that's not what you're talking about at all. No. So I, I love where you're going with this. Couldn't agree more.
1: And There's, I will
0: check out Sam Horn. I, I think I'm connected with her on LinkedIn, but I... Oh, uh,
1: yeah, it's it's a great presentation. It really makes you rethink how you talk to people, whether it's a business setting or just in a social setting, you know, at a networking event or a party, whatever it may be. You find yourself uh, thinking a little bit differently about how can I not just be intriguing, because that's a little bit on the selfish side, you know, we're we're talking about me. Yeah. Um, But uh, admittedly, she's presenting it in the context of business, where you do want to be intriguing and and have people remember you so that they think of your business and your services. But it's also about how can you ask some good questions. And we touch on this here in just a couple of minutes about how to ask some good questions. But it is really it is a um, it is an attribute that is important for all of us to just be interesting, but also be interested
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm, I'm going to interrupt us here. It yeah. seems like a good time. We've hit the, halfway. the first three attributes. We're halfway through and we're almost halfway through the, uh, the program. So with that, let me do a station identification, remind folks who we are and what they're listening to and, and we'll, uh, we'll go on. So I'm Ron Bush. I own Ron Bush Consulting. And as Sean has brought up, uh, I'm a cybersecurity consultant. And so if you're interested in that for your business, Uh, You can contact me, Ron, at ronbushconsulting.com. My website, of course, is ronbushconsulting.com. You can check out uh, my book on uh, uh, Amazon. It's uh, How to Stay Safe in a Very Dangerous World. Subtitles, Think Before You Click. That's uh, probably the biggest part of that. Uh, You can also um, uh, find uh, find me here on uh, WVLP on Monday mornings from 8 to 9. Friday afternoons from one to two, or you can check out our podcast, The Information Playground uh, on uh, any of the podcast uh, platforms that I'm, I'm aware of, as well as YouTube. Uh, you can catch the video. You can get this uh, good-looking guy next to me on here on this uh, Zoom uh, meeting, um, Sean, uh, Sean Richards. Sean, tell folks how to, uh, how to reach you, the name of your company and all of that.
1: Thank you. The name of the company is Blue Sky Business Consulting. Website address Blue Sky Biz Consulting.com. You're more than welcome to email me directly, Sean S H A W N at Bluesky Biz Great, great.
0: Well, I I can't wait for the next three. I I, uh, I was taking notes. I didn't get after uh, after four. You were you were uh, talking faster than I can write.
1: Hey, yeah. okay, <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's, let's catch up. We've done the first three. We'll do a quick little recap. The first three, <clears throat> excuse me, a leader needs to be positive, needs to be empathetic, needs to be interesting. Now, the, the last three that we'll talk about, be generous, mm-hmm. be curious, and be resilient. Excellent. And these are these are these are fun. I, um, I did this presentation a couple of weeks ago to a, a small group and uh, the feedback I received afterwards were these these last three are the ones that really catch people's attention. And so this ought to be a fun discussion. I'm looking forward to it. You know, when we talk about being generous as a leader, <clears throat> the simple definition of, of generosity is to simply give more than is being expected of you. We have a tendency when we think of the word generous to associate it with money, and that's not necessarily bad. Of course, that's that's an appropriate use. You know, this person is very generous; they give to philanthropic ventures. They may be you know, charitable. They may have their own foundation. All of these different kinds of things certainly appropriate use and definition of that definition of the word. But what I'm hoping to do is to expand our minds just a little bit. Because, again, if we go to this this idea of giving more than is expected, are there other ways that we can give to the people or to the organization or to the world around us in generous ways? For example, if you're a leader, I would encourage you to be as generous with your praise as you can. Now, it it goes without saying, we've kind of touched on this a couple of points when we were talking about the interesting uh, segment there it is critical that this all be authentic. You can't just give insincere praise and it will have the same effect. It does need to be timely. You also can't overdo it. If uh, just like with money, if you give, it, give away too much, it becomes expected and then it loses its its effect. But certainly are there ways that we can be more generous in our praise and in recognizing the people around us, especially as a leader, you know, the people on your team, can you recognize someone simply and again, We overcomplicate this principle. It doesn't have to be something where you're spending a lot of money. You don't have to spend any money with praise. Just find simple ways to say, I really appreciated that comment that you made in our meeting today. I thought it was really insightful. Mm -hmm. Or I really appreciate it. I noticed that you stayed a little bit late the other day to kind of catch up on this project or whatever. I really appreciate that. It's those small elements of praise that can we be more generous What I love about this particular attribute is that it does flow so well into our personal lives. Mm -hmm. All of these do, but this one in particular is one that I've tried over the years to think more carefully when I'm just out in the world. Can I be more generous? Can I, can I smile a little bit more? Can I maybe do a, a kind gesture for someone? Of course we can do all those things but good leaders are, are thinking about how can I give just a little bit more than, 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 is, than is expected. Likewise, how about time? Can we give just a little bit more time without always having to expect something in return? This could be something where in a workplace environment, maybe you do stay a few extra minutes just to, to put in without expectation of receiving anything. Or maybe it's uh, volunteering somewhere, and that may be something that is worth considering. Can you read with a child? Can you spend a little bit more time with someone, whether it's a spouse, whether it's your kids? Of course, all of that's always valuable. But can we be a little bit more generous? Another area where I find uh, generosity is is uh, always going to be well rewarded. And that's knowledge. Are there things that you can share with others? and share an experience or some way that you've learned you have to be a little bit careful with this one because if you're always running around telling people all the stuff you know you kind of <laughs> process that that know it all yeah. but are there ways that you can share things in, in appropriate ways to be generous with what you've learned and what you've experienced
0: yeah but what thoughts do you have on, on these so far ron well, i appreciate the question you're the expert here but i what a couple of things that you made me think of as you were explaining this. Um, First off, uh, and again, I, uh, you know, there's not all that much that is original with me. I just read a lot and remember what other people have to say that are smarter than me, which is just about everybody else. (laughs) Hardly. Rational Optimist uh, book, uh, the guy talks about the freedom of ideas. You You can give away all your money and then you don't have any money. Give away all your time. You don't have time for other stuff, but you can give away ideas all day long. And, and you're right. You can't always be telling people what to do or be a know-it-all, but at the same time, if you can help, there's an old, uh, an old song that said, if I can, uh, if I can help somebody as I go along, if I can cheer somebody with a, a word, a prayer, a song, if I can, uh, uh, show some traveler, if he's going wrong, then my living won't be in vain. I mean, that mm-hmm. it just, uh, you know, sometimes we get wrapped up in in us, in me, forgetting that, again, as I said earlier, everybody's struggling with something. There's always some way to help them. The other thing that that you uh, you mentioned that I loved is uh, uh, carrying it into your personal life. I don't think that... I think everybody likes to be thanked, but I think we forget to express that ourselves. We may think it, but so often people do... Really nice things for us. People go out of their way, uh, you know. People, you, I'm at that age where being an old man, you know. Young people get up and get offer me seat. No, it's not true.
1: Uh, I was gonna say, wow, that's, <laughs> you,
0: know, you don't you don't seem that old to me. But of course, I'm I'm getting there myself. So yeah, well, I think good for 107. But in any case, uh, it, it's it's being thankful. You know that that emotion of gratitude. And again, as you stressed all along, this can't be faked or it can't be put on. It can't be regimented. It, it's something you've got to be grateful. And that means going into your heart and realizing that first off, the world doesn't revolve around you. Uh, is Second off, you've got many things. I, I've known people, I've got an eyelash in my eye that I'm not especially mm-hmm. grateful for. But other than that, I've <laughs> known people that, um, you know, have had all kinds of physical issues that have had other um, issues that they're dealing with, and yet they're grateful for everything, grateful for the next breath, grateful for the opportunity to, to, uh, be cared for, uh, you know, it's just all of us have something to be grateful for. We may have everything else against us, but there's always an opportunity to be grateful. Uh, it just is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that's,
1: that's, what's uh, great about this particular attribute is it's rooted in gratitude, you know, and we're acting in generosity. And I, I do need to give some credit to a, a good friend of mine who developed a program, his name is Tony Child. And I, I, want to be, I don't wanna be pitching too many other things here, but I, I wanna be careful. But um, he developed a, a, a gratitude program. And that's where part of this comes from is this idea that we act in generosity when we're feeling those, those feelings of, of, of appreciation. Uh, but uh, his, his program is an excellent program if there are people that are interested in learning more about how to really develop a deep sense of gratitude and, and how to act in generosity more. So, But it's such an important attribute to really be thinking about what more can I give and, and to be generous. But uh, well, I know we're, we're going to be cutting close on time here. So I'm going to watch on the clock. Yeah, I'm kind of curious what we're going to do next. Well, I'm glad you brought up that word because that's <laughs> number five, curious. <laughs> uh, but I, I suspect you uh, planned that. Is that right? I did. I, did. <laughs> I love it. This is one of my favorites. Um, This is something that good leaders can do anytime. And with a little bit of practice, it will become something that will become a a faithful companion is kind of what I like to call it. Being curious is really just a matter of, of knowing how to ask effective, meaningful questions in a lot of different situations. And this goes to just about anything. I mean, this is kind of a no-holds-barred kind of a feel here. Get to know the company that you work for, its history, its background. Be curious about that. Be curious, and this goes back a little bit to to the interesting, and we kind of uh, mentioned that there's a lot of overlap on some of these, but really learning about your team members. What are their interests? What's their family situation? What kind of hobbies do they have? What really motivates them? What do they get excited about both in the short term and maybe career ambitions down the road? And just being curious, as the leader, hopefully you too want to learn new skills and be curious about how you can become a better person, a better leader. One of the other areas, and I picked this up in all fairness to a a podcast that I host, I had a guest on a while back, and she shared this idea that when she took over a CEO position of a company, one of the first things that she did And she exercised this exact attribute. She was curious. She just went around and would talk to people in the different departments and without being a micromanager. So you have to kind of learn how to do this, but she would just ask questions. She would say, Now, how did you arrive at this method of doing whatever it was? You know, is there a reason why you approach the the, the client or the customer this way? And it wasn't that she was trying to challenge how they were doing it. She was just trying to understand how this new company that she had uh, been directed to run how it was running and how people did things what's great is if you combine in this scenario you're you're a new leader you're going around and you're curious you're asking a lot of good questions you also have the opportunity to be a little bit generous and say i'm really impressed with how you you do this and to to be generous with the praise there and, and really celebrate what's going on that's going well within the company so being curious also gives you some opportunity to be generous and maybe empathetic and maybe interesting and all those things, but having the opportunity to ask really effective questions. And boy, we could spend a lot of time talking about uh, what's an effective question. And uh, we won't, of course, because we don't have that kind of time. But it is uh, such a great skill to learn how to ask effective questions in any situation, whether it's interpersonal and kind of that be intriguing and be interested. But again, just learning to be curious genuinely. Authentically, sincerely, curious. So I am curious, Ron. What What are some things that you're curious about? You're a well-read individual, and you just you obviously really to me. You strike me as a curious person. You love to learn. Is that, Is that accurate?
0: Yeah, it, it truly is. I, uh, you know, I, I was uh, I was raised partially by an aunt. Uh, my aunt had uh, only finished the ninth grade, but she was very well read. Loved to read. And I think I got my lifelong love of reading and learning from her. Uh, she was just uh, a beautiful individual, one of the strongest people I've ever known. One of the, well, She's the best person I think I've ever known. Um, she influenced me in ways that, uh, you know, any, any parent would love to be able to, to have that legacy themselves. Um, the, uh, I think the, you know, I'm kind of a compulsive reader. Uh, I mean, I'll read a cereal box if it's put in front of me. I, I really, uh, I just love to read. And you're right. I love, uh, there's very little that I'm not interested in. I, I can't, uh, you know, I, I, nothing positive comes to mind. I'm not interested in bad stuff. Um, I don't, I may be in cybersecurity, but I'm not interested in learning what it feels like to hack some company or something. I'm not that curious. But I, just as you say, there's, I mean, it, it's a big, wide, beautiful world. And yeah, there's bad people and there's bad stuff, but there's also really great people and great things. And, you know, why not concentrate on those? Why not, uh, why not learn all about that? I, I, you know, one of these days I'm going to leave this planet and go somewhere else. (laughs) Until then, I just want to learn as much as I can. And I, now, so let me let me turn the, the question back on you. We've talked about five very important attributes of leaders. Let's say, you know, I, I read uh, not too long ago that a psych, there's a psychopath in every 100 people, I think. It's not exactly how it was worded, but every 100 people that's born, there's at least one psychopath. Uh, don't hold me to that figure, but I, there's a lot more psychopaths in the world than I thought. Um, and so you know, what if you just don't have any of this going for you? Can you learn this stuff? Can you, uh, is there a way that you can, you know, I really don't, you know, you're talking to a guy, how would you coach a guy comes into you and says, you know, I don't really care about anybody except me. And, uh, you know,
1: (laughs) as with all things, uh, some people are more drawn to it than others.
0: Yeah.
1: It, part of the reason I'll answer it this way part of the reason why leaders especially need to be curious is because they're going to be asked to solve problems and a lot of times the process of brainstorming collaborating problem uh, problem solving uh, all of it is surrounding this notion of we've got a problem that we've got to figure out and that just automatically stimulates curiosity. How are we going to solve this? I read, uh, actually just last night, I, think of it, I thought maybe it was a couple of days ago, but it was just last night, a story about uh, Van Phillips, who, uh, are you familiar with him? The name's familiar. It's back in the 50s, if I remember correctly, he had an accident where he lost a foot. And the prosthetics at that time were, were not very good. And so he spent decades basically being curious and asking, how can we make a better prosthetic, something that is more stable and safer, Mm -hmm. but also allows me to function better. And it led to what is now, and some of you, and I I don't remember the athlete's name, uh, the Blade Runner. Some of you will remember him. But if you look, they, they use a curved blade, which looks nothing like a foot, a human foot. But it was really just his curiosity. But when we're faced with a problem, most of us have a very deep sense of curiosity. How am I going to solve this problem? Now, admittedly, some people will will shut down a little bit more, a little bit harder for them to do that. And there could be all sorts of of reasons for that. I think a lot of those are are mental health related or or psychological, where maybe they, they don't feel validated, or it's it's okay for them to share ideas. But Ron, I can tell you this with absolute confidence. Everyone has ideas to share. Yeah. And if we allow as a leader, if we allow ourselves to be curious and to create a culture of curiosity, it may take some people a little bit longer to come along and to feel that sense of, of confidence that they can. But I am a big believer that yes, it can be developed. It, t- it takes time and for some people it will come easier than others, as all things in life, but to learn how to be curious and to ask good questions and to problem solve, that's the sign of a confident leader to be able to really lead out that discussion and, and to ask those questions him or herself as well.
0: I I, I couldn't agree more. The, the history of, of DARPA, which is a, a military operation, um, I mean, it started out as ARPA, and I, I don't remember what all the letters stand for, but but that's where the ARPANET was the beginning of the internet. Uh, it's, it's how they have started and how they've survived. Uh, they've structured, it's, it's, uh, it's truly bringing in uh, the community, bringing in the brightest people, but bringing in everybody to the table. Uh, if you go to the DARPA, it's darpa.mil is their website, M-I-L because they're a military operation, Mm -hmm. um, you'll find that there's opportunities for companies, universities, individuals, uh, all to get involved in either uh, contributing money, yes, but also um, time, talent, uh, and ideas. How can we make this better? And uh, it isn't just military that's benefited from it. There's just a great story behind it. I wish I could remember a name. The lady uh, started out years ago, never, as I recall, never finished school, ran the Girl Scouts for years, um, and then ran, I think a couple of businesses after that, that you'd recognize their name. I, I can't remember the book I read the story in, but um, exactly what you're saying. It, ideas, the free flow of ideas always needs to happen. And that's, that's where your innovation comes from. Um, that's how we progress.
1: It is. And it's, it's always looking at how can we do things better? That's really kind of the root question. And that's why as a leader, it's so important that not only do you foster that, but that you nurture that within your team and create that culture of curiosity because it is contagious. You know, it's, it's fun. I don't, I don't know. I've, I've been in a couple of situations where you start brainstorming ideas and, and boy, rarely is it the first one that you come up with it's usually the 8th 10th 20th idea that resonates and the iterations that you come up with and so to me brainstorming is such a fun activity if it can be done well which you can You just have to learn how to do it and that stems from curiosity
0: well, I know we're how, how much how much we're getting close here. I know so I'll we are on. getting close. So we've got to we got to finish what we started. So we're, we're <laughs> yeah, down we to do. uh, we're down to resilient. That maybe that's a good word to end on, given yeah. the pandemic and everything else. I can't think of a better.
1: <laughs> well, it's certainly in the last twelve months has become a hot topic. How do we build resiliency? Uh, let's, let's start by making sure we know what it means. And so here are a few words that I've I pulled that are synonyms of it. But words that that help us understand and kind of paint a little bit better picture of what a resilient uh, person is, they can rebound, they can recover, they're flexible, uh, Mm hardy, bounce back. Those are some of the phrases that can come to mind. But really, bouncing back, it it isn't that we can, because nobody could have predicted the pandemic. There was no way we could have predicted that. We do our best, and you mentioned this earlier, we do our best to prepare for as as much of it as we possibly can, but the reality is there are always going to be some surprises, some unexpected challenges that either we didn't quite expect or didn't at all expect. Sometimes they are completely out of the blue. Sometimes we have an unexpected response to what we think is going to happen, even though we've got some preparation. So the ability to, to tolerate that and to bounce back quickly from that is really critical. And this ties in to what we talked about at the very beginning, the very first one about be positive or be optimistic. We're going to run into those as leaders. Resiliency and leading with that is so important. And of course, as we talked about this year especially, a lot of need for it and a lot of how do we do it. And for me, there are three or four things that I always recommend. There's certainly more more ways than that, but one Rely on your team, the, the people around you, your network, whether it's your team or it might be your supervisor, it might be your family, who can you rely on? And kind of, hey, we're all on the same team. Let's pull together. Those are some of the phrases that are common when it's it's time to kind of, hey, let's pull together. Let's, let's it's, it's time to be the team. Um, another strategy is, is to show that positivity, to show that optimism, to look at the bright side. It's not always easy and you do have to acknowledge that there's a challenge, you don't want to be so optimistic that it looks like you're in denial of what's going on. Right. But you do want to show that positivity and lead with that. Something else that's really important is mental wellness, being willing to step back and just say, you know, <clears throat> maybe I just need to take a minute. Maybe it's maybe it's meditation, maybe it's exercise, prayer, whatever it is, but your, your mental health and just to be able to step back and deep breathe for 30 seconds if you need to. But that, that part is really, really, really important. If, if nothing else, just the word relax, just relax. Do something recreational if, if it's appropriate to do so. You can't always do that in a moment of crisis, but um, in a in a situation where you're dealing with something at work, it is important for the leader to lead out in relaxing. Maybe it's time to do a team building activity or maybe it's something to just kind of have a fun hour, or go to lunch, something to kind of, okay, I've got to step out of a, tense moment or a tense situation, really important to, to not be afraid to just relax and to let that build up. The last one is a almost a biblical reference. Um, it, it's, it's not, but it almost is. And that's forgiveness. It's understanding that we can't predict everything. And sometimes we make mistakes. And that resiliency, it just happens whether it's, uh, you know, we make mistakes and that res- resiliency is really important to recognize, hey, we're here to learn. Um, I'm not gonna be perfect at it. That extends to both yourself, if you're the leader yourself, and to the people that you lead, to to grant them that that opportunity, that safe place to make a mistake, to not jump down their throats, fire them on the spot, nothing like that, but to recognize that there's an opportunity to learn from it and to become better from it. And to, again, lead with that positivity and to really uh, encourage and support and forgive, and to allow ourselves that opportunity to do that. But those are some strategies on how to build resilience, see, re- resiliency in yourself, and how to foster it and nurture it within a team.
0: Gosh, that's excellent. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know it or not, but re- resiliency is a is a major movement in cybersecurity. They're wanting to develop uh, um, networks that are resilient from a, from attacks. I mean, there's no way you can avoid attacks. Nobody nobody is hack proof. Everybody gets attacks. When the NSA gets hit every year, sometimes multiple times, uh, you know, they're the cream of the crop. If they can't thwart attacks, you and me probably don't have a chance of being hack free. Right. At the same time, you can't just roll over and die because you had a cyber attack. You've got to be resilient. Your network has to be resilient. That's true in life to take it away from, from computers and, uh, and networking. That's true in life. I, you know, I I think about when you talk about rely on team, I won't speak for you, but I will speak for me. I'm a consultant. When I go into a company, I'm the only guy there from my company. I'm not their company. They may be using me as an employee. They may be using me as an outsourcer. But If I can't get other employees to be on the same team where we're all pulling for that company, I'm probably not going to be successful building a team is vital to that. Absolutely. And I, I, I love, you know, you brought positivity into it. Wellness, um, you know, you're right. Uh, I wish I was better at relaxing than I am, but I'm not. Uh, It's something I've struggled with all my life. The, the other thing that I've struggled with all my life uh, and everyone I know has struggles with it, it's forgiveness. Yeah. If, if we feel slighted if we feel hurt and it's intentional it's bad enough it's if it's unintentional well could didn't you think of my feelings you know couldn't you think of me if it's intentional it's hard to forgive it truly it is. is and you you mentioned it's it's almost scriptural i mean scripture deals a lot with with forgiveness jesus in the sermon on the mount goes so far as to say if you don't forgive others my father won't forgive you that's about as strong right. as i know how to make it yes And, and that gets my attention because I need his forgiveness and I need everybody (laughs) else's because I, you know, I mess up. Everybody does.
1: Well, yeah. And thank you for bringing that in because certainly, you know, our savior, Jesus Christ does have a lot to do with both example and granting that to each of us. And I I fully support that. And so it is a challenge though, because when it is intentional and, and I, you know, I think it's worth clarifying that, um, you know, we're not always talking about really severe abuse or things like that. I mean, certainly that—that's—that's uh, that's something that that people can work work through on their own. But in the context of leadership and whatnot, boy, it, it's so important to to create that space where people can feel like they can even take a little bit of a risk. Yeah, knowing that if even if I goof up, it's okay. And and that's that is so important because that's that's how we learn. That's how we
0: learn. Yeah. When we were talking earlier, we've got a couple of minutes, so I'll. I'll yeah. Uh, uh, borrow them from you, I guess right ahead, we're talking about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think of, of the two guys I mentioned earlier that I'd worked for, you know, if, if I said, I'd like to try this and, and it didn't work out and they wound up with egg on their face, you know, they didn't come back and string me up and, and do, you know, make me feel terrible. They, they just took it, you know, they went to the boss and or their boss. And they said, you know, this, uh, We tried this and it didn't work out. They didn't hang me out to dry or throw me under the bus to use popular popular expressions. I did the same thing. Um, uh, Many uh, regular listeners will know uh, that I owned a record storage business. I started it from scratch, sold it a number of years ago, but but everybody makes mistakes. And as I brought on employees, we would make mistakes. The first thing I would do is I would try to get in front of the the customer because I like face-to-face. And I, I would try to get in front of them and I would say, we made this mistake. This is how we're going to make it right. And if, if it was something that, that could, there was some financial benefit to, I gave them a credit or I did something. If they wanted to whip somebody and some people do, uh, they want to take prisoners. Well, it was me. I'm the guy that owned the company. So it needed to be me. But I never went back and just, you know, quartered people because they made a mistake. You can't do that you develop loyalty when you when you do it the other way other way but the real reason for doing it is it's the right thing to do if Absolutely. you're a leader you depend on your people and you depend on them taking chances and, and uh, not throwing dice and hoping they come up right. but but taking thought out risk that that will benefit the client that will benefit the company uh if if you don't do that then then you're just a puppet master and uh, and People are yeah. waiting for you to pull their strings.
1: It's such a great comment. You're such a good example of that. And it does take a lot of confidence to use the word. It does take a lot of confidence as a leader to take that uh, that hit for your teammates and to be willing to say, "I will take responsibility for it, and uh, I'm not going to go back and and chew out the the employee. Mm-hmm. In theory, even if it's if it's deserved, you know, there's there's a better way to handle it than just yelling at somebody. It just doesn't doesn't work. So you've shared a really great example and a a quick story of of, uh, a good example of forgiveness and how we just, you know, we'll just, we'll take care of it. We'll fix it. And uh, we don't need to get uh,
0: too overworked about it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, we are just about out of time. I want to thank you for being on the program As always great conversation. I always learn stuff when I, things, when I talk to you stuff, that uh, technical term, but by that, I mean, you know, you're you're great at what you do, and I you communicate it well. I appreciate it when you're on.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for that generous praise.
0: <laughs> well, you're welcome. Well, Forgive you. me for my interruption since we're going to play on. All right. <laughs> I took notes. I can play on this stuff. There you go. <laughs> uh, so anyway, thank you for being on today. Uh, again, one more time, ask folks how they can reach you. I, I tell folks how you can not ask sure. them. Tell them how they, you can uh, be reached.
1: The name of the company is Blue Sky Business Consulting, and the website address is Blue Sky Biz Consulting.com. And you are welcome to email me directly, Sean, S H A W N,
0: at Blue Sky Excellent. Excellent. I'm Ron Bush, Ron Bush Consulting. You're welcome to email me, Ron at Ron Bush I like to keep things simple, I can keep up with them better that way. Um, the name of this program is The Information Playground, and you're listening to us or watching us either on WVLP, which is a great radio station, local FM radio station in Valparaiso, Indiana, 103.1 FM, check us out, stream us from wvlp.org and check out their website while you're at it. Uh, if you need to listen to us on demand, The Information Playground on any of your podcast platforms or the, or YouTube look for the information playground. Thank for, thanks for being with us today. Uh, join us next time and uh, s- stay healthy. Uh, thanks. Bye-bye.